Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're very excited about getting him where we got him. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast, presented by Prime Sport. Lake clock is down to one. McCown gets it off. He's throwing long to the near side for Anderson. He's got it! Into the open field! Touchdown, Jets! And now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. We're doubling up with episodes this week because there's just so much news from NFL free agency. So uh, we're going to do a second episode. We're going to talk with Dom Cosentino of Deadspin. Uh, He was a guy who spent a few years on the Jets beat prior to that and has been a long friend of the site, a guy we've worked with a few times before. Wrote a great article yesterday in the Jets quarterback situation coming out of the decision to sign both Teddy Bridgewater and Josh McCown. Before we get into that interview, I want to remind you guys this podcast is brought to you by both Prime Sport and Razor Sport. Make sure to go to primesport.com slash turn on the Jets for all your ticket packages and hospitality packages around March Madness. Make sure to go to Razor Sport, R A Z E R S P O R T dot com for all of your betting advice and consulting heading into any March Madness decisions you make. Again, that's Prime Sport. And check out primesport.com slash turn on the Jets and Razor Sport, which is R A Z E R S P O R T dot com. Give Razor Sport a follow on Twitter at Razor Sport Club. Give Prime Sport a follow on Twitter at Prime Sport. They get the extra podcast this week, they get the extra promo. Uh, before we jump into talking with Dom, just want to update on where we're at. Uh, we're recording this around 6 30 on Thursday night. The Jets have actually been relatively quiet. Uh, over the past 36 hours or so. Right now, their overall additions have basically been Teddy Bridgewater, uh, the quarterback, uh, Isaiah Crowell at running back, Avery Williamson at inside linebacker, Tremaine Johnson, obviously the headline one at this point at cornerback, and Spencer Long at center. Uh, Still plenty of cap space to maneuver, still definitely in need uh, to add more depth to that defensive line, to add more at the cornerback position, especially with some rumored interest in Tyron Matthew, who is now out on the market. Could also see the Jets look to address the tight end end position now with Austin Safarian Jenkins having officially signed the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, A few names out there still are Eric Ebron, Luke Wilson. Uh, Not really a great market overall, but both of those guys I think are capable of doing what Safarian Jenkins did last year, and the Jets also may look to give a bigger role to second-year player Jordan Leggett or blocking tight end Eric Tomlinson next season. So we'll see how that pans out. I would think and hope that the Jets are going to be a little more active over these next three days. There's still a lot of talent out there. A cornerback, 
namely EJ Gaines, Rashawn Melvin, and Morris Claiborne, who is still out there to potentially return. Uh, if you look at the defensive line right now, it's a little concerning how thin it is, and it's actually it's crazy to see see the Jets actually be thin on the defensive line. But as it stands right now, the only two guys they have under contract whose names that you would even recognize are Steve McClendon and Leonard Williams. Outside of that, nobody else is under contract. Coney Ealy not under contract. Xavier Cooper not under contract. Mike Pinnell not under contract. So really, it's just those two guys and a bunch of guys who have never even played in the regular season before. So I'd expect more additions there. I also wouldn't be shocked that they took a flyer on another linebacker, or maybe two, because that is still a very thin position for them. So I think the Jets got off to a good start, picking themselves up off the mat from Kirk Cousins, who clearly never considered them, didn't even come take a visit. Uh, his agent publicly came out today and said he was offered more money elsewhere. It's probably fair to assume that came from the Jets, but he wanted to go to Minnesota, and it's hard to knock the Jets too much. The Jets have a tough tough time selling themselves right now in the middle of a seven-year playoff drought uh, with a GM and then a GM and a head coach who are arguably going to be on the hot seat going into this year. Hard to sell that against the Vikings who were in the NFC Championship game last year. So that being said, they pivoted off that. They signed Johnson. They signed Long. Uh, still have some needs, as we mentioned, at tight end, defensive line, and cornerback. So going to be interesting to see how these next 48 hours go and if they're active over the weekend. Uh, with that being said, we're going to jump into our interview with Dom, where we're going to focus predominantly on the quarterback position and how we think they'll handle that going forward. We'll also talk a little bit about the decision-making process within the Jets organization and how involved ownership actually is. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening and all the, new, all the new followers on Twitter. It's been great uh, to see all the traffic there and on the website. Uh, we'll continue to update the running blog. Also, a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. All right, we're going to jump into the interview with Dom now. And we are now joined by Dom Cosentino, staff writer at Deadspin, veteran of the Jets beat from back in the day, old friend of the podcast. Dom, how have you been? Really well, uh, actually, Joe. Thanks for, uh, for having me on. It's good to talk to you again. Absolutely. I think we're setting the record uh, for two people on a podcast here with vowels in their last names that start with C. We got a lot of them between the two of us. So, um, Dom wrote a great article yesterday uh, about the Jets quarterback situation. I believe it was called Shit, the Jets Might Actually Have a Planet Quarterback or something along those lines. Uh, do you want to talk through at a high level the Jets thinking and decision making as you're seeing it? Uh, from their plan B execution, which was clearly once Kirk Cousins had no interest in them, didn't even bother to come visit, they moved to sign not just Josh McCown, which I think most of us thought was going to be the next move if they didn't get Cousins. They also signed Teddy Bridgewater uh, to a deal that could be worth up to $15 million, but at its heart is really a $5 million uh, one-year contract. So what did, what did you think about that pivot once Cousins was off the table? Well, I, I think it's in line with what teams have done, you know, in the past and teams are even doing now with quarterbacks. Uh, you know, the, the Eagles this year sort of uh, showed everyone what, how important it is to have uh, more than one quarterback than just your, more than just your starter, you know, with Nick Foles, you know, winning the Super Bowl, being the MVP. And obviously the Jets aren't on the level where the Eagles are just yet. Um, but, but I think you see the importance in having that backstop, so to speak, of a veteran presence whether it's McCown, whether it's Bridgewater, and with the cap continuing to rise, you know, investing, uh, you know, if it's 15, if it turns out to be 25 million, even in two, two veteran quarterbacks at the position, in addition to drafting someone high, you know, is kind of a prudent way to go. So I, I think people 
were sort of alarmed when they heard first that it was McCown and it was Bridgewater and that that meant that the Jets were done. But, but I, I, I don't see it that way. And I don't think the, you know, some other people have reported it, that the Jets still intend to use the number six pick in some way, whether they, you know, trade up, trade down, you know, what have you stay at six, you know, to try to get their guy, uh, you know, in the draft. And I, I think it's the prudent way to go, just given the way the league is, is operating. You look at what the Broncos did too. They went out and got Case Keenum and, and they're, they're sitting at number five and they apparently still intend to, to draft a quarterback as well. This is just the way that teams are investing their recap resources into the position. Uh, a lot of value on quarterbacks, a lot of scarcity with quarterbacks. So this is a, it's a prudent way to go for the Jets. They had the cap space to do it and, and they're, they're going that route. Yeah, and I think all of this ultimately comes down to execution on draft day. Whether I think most right. of us feel like they probably need to trade up because it's risky to sit on your hands at six with Buffalo potentially moving up, Arizona, Miami, whoever. Um, and most of us are afraid that they're going to either sit put uh, and miss out on somebody or sit there and take Josh Allen, which many of us feel will be an unmitigated disaster. But uh, <laughs> I, I understand where you know where you're coming from, at least with Bridgewater. Um, if there is a draft day disaster, he is a veteran that does potentially have some upside. He is only 25. He did show signs of being a competent starter uh, in his first two years. It's just to assume that he could be your guy who's going to start 16 games this year is just far too risky. And with McCown, they're basically paying him to be a coach, I feel like, at this point. Do I think anybody else right. was going to pay Josh McCown $10 million? Do I think they might have just been better served making him a quarterback coach? Maybe. As long as we don't get into a situation where, and I'm only worried about this because I've seen it before with this regime, where they keep Hackenberg, they draft a quarterback, and now you're going to camp with four quarterbacks. There's not enough reps to go around. The quarterback is in an active third stringer every single week, and how is he really developing if he is in that type of role? If, you know, if McCown is comfortable knowing that he is quickly going to slot down to being the third stringer and not really get any reps of practice. He's really only kind of there in case of an emergency, and he's there to mentor a guy like Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield. You know what? That's fine. Even if it increases the odds of the drafted quarterback uh, improving by 1% or 2%, that's fine. The Jets have enough cap space to make that move. Do you think, though, that Mike McCagnan and this regime will be aggressive on draft day and not stay put at six. Do you think they're aware of just how much they are up against it here going into their fourth year with no playoff appearances? Yeah. And will they be as aggressive as needed? I, I think they do. I, I think it was Albert Greer who reported this morning that, uh, you know, they had, it was sort of an ownership edict that they had scouts at the, at every game for, for all of the top quarterbacks, you know, on the draft board this, this past uh, fall. So, you know, they're doing their homework on this. I think they, you know, they're not dumb. They're not, they're paying attention to, to what the Dolphins and the Bills are doing as they sort of, you know, are making their moves to kind of creep up. I, you know, again, you go back, you could look at the, the, the trade the Jets executed for Sheldon Richardson last year where they got themselves another second round pick. They've held on to their draft picks for this year. That's, that's draft capital they can use to move up. I mean, I, I have to think they, 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 you know, I can't say for sure, but I have to think they know what's at stake that they have to get their guy this year, and it, you know they, they, they've got to figure out a way to get that done. Uh, you know, w however they, they can do it. And again, you know, you, you mentioned Bridgewater could be a, a, a you know, or McCown could be a bridge guy. Bridgewater could also be, turn out to be a, a trade chip in all of this for them too. I mean, it, that could be part of the the, the the logic puzzle they're sort of putting together 
as, as they do this. And I, you know, I, I, it would shock me if they did not come away on, on day one of the draft with someone at quarterback, you know, in the top six, top 10 in the, uh, you know, in the draft, it would shock me. And I think, I think Jet fans would burn this, burn the, the Empire State Building down if that, if, if they weren't going to do that. You yeah, know, I think they, we they were. If they did plan to go into the, if they did plan to go into the season with, with McCown and Bridgewater and Hackenberg as their quarterback. Oh God, yeah, that's time. That's March on Forum <laughs> Park time, and I think it's funny the Jets are, you know, I keep I, a couple weeks ago some reports are all of a sudden leaking out that Hackenberg is redid his throwing mechanics and he's a new guy in my mind that just smells like somebody please give us a seventh round pick for him to save us the embarrassment yeah. of how this pick has played out i yeah. i think there's been some encouraging early signs with mccagnan in this free agency period in that i mean he didn't go out and overpay for demario davis based on an outlier season he's not necessarily breaking the bank on internal free agents who I think were many in many cases very replaceable parts on a 5 and 11 team and mm-hmm. I my hope is that that sort of evolving and learning on the job will carry into the quarterback position and into the aggressiveness on draft day the jets obviously still have a, a lot of work to do I think to Tremaine Johnson signing much needed, makes sense considering how much they've already invested uh, in the safety position and helping those guys thrive. And you got to pay what you got to pay. This is why you have all this cap space. They at least recognized that they had a center need and went and got Spencer Long. Kroll's contract is what it is. Ultimately, it's a one-year deal. He's fine. He's a he's a competent running back um, and going younger at inside linebacker. Obviously, they still have work to do um, at corner. But you've, I mean, McCadden's body of work going into year four. Should Jet fans, there's still time left in this free agency week. Hopefully they're going to make a couple more moves. Should Jet fans feel a little more confident going into the draft that and the rest of free agency that this guy could learn from the past mistakes of what happened post-2015, post-2016? A little bit, sure. I mean, I think your analysis there was pretty spot on as far as the guys he's brought in to sort of address positions of need. You know, free agency is there and you, 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 you sort of stockpile the rules allow you to stockpile that cap space to fill these need spots. You know, you're going to overpay. That's the nature of, of, of what free agency is in some, in some cases, uh, you know, Tremaine Johnson's coming off two franchise tags. So you were going to have to, he was going to be, he was going to cost a lot. That's just the way it goes. Um, but I, and, and I think another important piece of this, because McCagan of course went on that spending spree his first year, but another important piece of this is, if the guys he's signing now are younger players sort of entering their prime, a lot of guys in their mid twenties, Jermaine Johnson's 28. I think he's the oldest of the bunch that they've brought in so far. So that's encouraging. You know, they sort of broke the bank for an older group back in 2015 and they got the 10 win season out of them. And then everyone broke down at the same time the following year. Uh, they're setting themselves up much better here. I think, um, you know, to have a, 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 a to, to, to begin to build the roster back up now. The big question, though, is draft day. I mean, and the draft. I think McCagnan has had more misses than hits with his first three drafts, and I think that would be a concern for me if I were a Jet fan. Obviously, they're positioned well to get a quarterback if they want to do it, but I think it's everything after that. This is still a roster that that came into this offseason with a lot of holes, and uh, a lot of those mid-round picks, which is really where, you know, teams will, will build their rosters, develop that depth. That's, that's one thing, you know, you, when you look at the teams like the Patriots and the Eagles and the Super Bowl, even the Vikings, these teams had depth. The Jets don't. And I think McCagnan, you know, we're, we're really going to find out what, you know, about him, not only with getting the quarterback, but I think with what he does on day two and day three, 
for the draft this year because that is just as important as anything else. Yeah, and I think you're, we're still seeing the middle and the back end of the roster suffer from some missteps on day two and day three over the past few years, even. I mean, day, yeah, even day yeah, that's where you build your team. You know, exactly. it, it, you know, it gets over a lot of attention gets gets paid to the you know the first round and and the mock drafts and things like that. But you really build your team with day two and day three with with depth. I and mean, look at the injuries the Patriots had at their front seven last year. You know, but but they but their defense really got better as the year wore on because they're able. Now I know that they're sort of a uh, an outlier in that they they constantly play you know plug and play guys, but that's a prime example of a team you know having you know enough depth to weather injuries and the other things that in, in, invariably happen. The Jets need to build that kind of thing before they're going to have any kind of any kind of success. Last question before we let you go: Knowing what you know about this organization, um, a lot of fans will depending on the result of a move, look to pass the buck uh, to ownership to blame for a decision. So if a fan is standing up for McCagnan, I get in this discussion a lot. Well, it's not McCagnan's fault they paid Darrell Revis and Mo Wilkerson. Woody Johnson forced him to do it. But then the moves that work out, Woody Johnson, of course, had nothing to do. So it kind of becomes a you know mm-hmm. a convenient scapegoat for things that don't work out. Now Woody Johnson, obviously in London, uh, thanks to our president, Chris Johnson is sort of the acting owner how much day-to-day do you think the ownership is impacting the ultimate decision-making uh, in this front office from a football standpoint? Or is that just an overblown thing that fans use as a crutch? I think at this point it's kind of an overblown thing um, because, you know, Woody certainly tried to – I think he learned maybe from trying to pair Rex with – Idzik a few years ago where it was just, you know, it was just the wrong match, the wrong time where, you know, where he dictated that whole thing. And this time, he, you know, he, in going out and hiring McCagnan and Bowles, he brought in, you know, Charlie Casserly and Ron Wolf to, to, to kind of assist him with that. And it seems as though he's been a little more hands off uh, in terms of the decision. Obviously he wanted Revis back and, you know, Revis's agents had the leverage to sort of make that happen as a result, you know, and, and the Jets paid what they paid. But I think since then, it's, it's, it seems to be that the football decision-making has been much more, you know, coming from the front office specifically, uh, you know, as they, as they plotted this course of tearing everything down and now trying to build it back up. So I, 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 I'm a little hesitant to think that it, this, under this regime, there's been as much meddling as maybe there had been in the past. Dom Cosentino, we appreciate you taking the time for uh, joining us. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Dom Cosentino. Uh, check out his writing on Deadspin. Great follow. Always happy to have you writing about the Jets. So uh, keep it up throughout this offseason, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate that. Great to talk to you again.